Welcome, everybody, to the Fly Racing Racer X podcast presented by Alpine Star Protects. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for the downloads. Please check out iTunes for all the uh, archives. There's uh, Steve Mathis Classics 1, 2, and 3, which have the older shows on them, so you can listen to that, and uh, we really appreciate it. Thanks again for the uh, for the listens. Uh, Happy New Year to all you guys. I'm not sure exactly when this is coming out, but probably by the end of the year. Fly Racing. Each year, the Fly Racing folk, they develop, they test, they improve their products, and the never-ending pursuit of the perfect racewear, the first to integrate the BOA system. Uh, Fly, offers, uh, Fly Racer offers the unmatched comfort performance and durability that make it industry leader in technical racewear and the alpine star protects guys of course you know their boots you know how well they work well they've got a whole line of protection products please check them out they go underneath your gear whether it's a knee brace uh, a roost guard uh, or the or the next support system whatever you have alpine star protects has got you covered and uh, we thank those both of those companies for coming on all right with me on the line a guy that uh, probably should have done this a long time ago one of my favorite guys in the pits uh, always Always a traditional podium rider for so many years in America. And uh, he's from Australia. He's Canadian national champion as well. Brett Metcalf. What's up, Matty? How are you, man? Hey, Steve. I'm good. Good, mate. Yourself? Yeah, I'm good, man. Thanks for doing this. I'm getting geared up for another year of traveling. You know, you, you know all about that. Uh, you know, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I... A lot of respect to you. You've been doing it for a long time. It takes a lot out of you. <laughs> yeah, it does, for sure. Just take a look at me. Um, hey, so uh, you're, tra- you're training some kids. You're racing in Australia yep. a little bit, I see. Yep. Uh, you had a bit yep. of a team situation. It fell out this year, but then you, you jumped on, a, on another brand and kept racing. So, like, for you, Brett, this is – you know, a conscious step, a conscious step back for you. Um, you could still be competitive in Canada. You could still be doing the U.S. stuff. Shit, you know what I mean? National stuff or yeah. whatever. But um, you've taken a decision uh, maybe two years ago to just be like, yeah, I'm getting off the the gnarly go uh, merry-go-round of uh, of you know practice training and motoring and everything else, and and you're dibble dabbling here and there. How do you like it? How's your how's your life now? Um, I love it. Yeah, I love it, man. Um, yep. Like I say, I had a long, you know, a long go at it here in the States. Um, factory teams, you know, and r- rode for a lot of great teams and had a, had a lot of good years. And mm-hmm. um, now it's it's nice. Like, I have, you know, two two kids and um, uh, my wife, Sheena, we, you know, so we've got a family here. And for me, it was just like it, it kind of came to that crossroad of, okay, do I – I didn't have a factory ride to fall back on in the 450 class after the Suzuki thing, and that's what led me to go up to Canada. But then I came back to the U.S. in 2014, and mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm realistic. Like, I'm still really competitive yeah. outdoors. Yeah. I can be competitive indoors, but I'm real competitive outdoors. But I don't know. It was just like that, the the dedication you have to give to, to do it full-time and do it the way I need to do it and the way I know how to do it. Um, it just didn't, I don't know, it just didn't work. It yeah, wasn't yeah. working for me. It wasn't gelling like the time you have to put into it. Right. Um, and then the other options I was looking at gave me more family time. Um, and I still had, had kind of like very similar salaries if you look at like the financial aspect of it. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, well, I'm going to, you know, do almost 30 events a year in the U.S. for this. Right. Or I can do it for 10 events for this and have more family time. So I kind of went that route. Mm-hmm. And um, it's been awesome. I've enjoyed it. Obviously, I miss the limelight. Yep. Um, but it's you know it's given me a lot of other positives in life too. Yeah, you're not a guy that's 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 seeking the limelight for sure. You know what I mean? You never were doing it for that. But it's funny. I was looking at your results. You filled in for um, RV, and mm-hmm. eleven out of twelve nationals, your top ten. You got a, a couple of fourths in there. Like, 
Like yeah. that's not that long ago that you that you were never literally never out of the top ten. You know what I mean? Except for one round. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, and I think that one round I lost three breaks and had something happen like yeah, shouldn't yeah. have been shouldn't have been. <laughs> but I don't know, Steve, like I really feel like if you injected me into the nationals here in the States last year or yeah. twenty seventeen, like yeah. I've you know, I've competed three full seasons in four fifty class. I haven't finished worse than fourth. Right. Um and I really, truly believe I would have kept that streak had I been in the series last year. So, yeah. you know, I could still do it. But, again, it just falls back on, like, what fits. And, mm-hmm. you know, I've I've loved, like, it's been awesome race. I miss, I miss racing here. But yeah. um, it's just the other side of life that, that yeah. I'm exploring and enjoying. Well, how old are you now, if you don't mind me asking? How old are you? Yeah, 30, 33. So next yeah, year I'll like, be 34. So, dude, uh, so by 30, you're done. You know, like by this, like, you normal, know, yeah. like like yeah. like like you quit three years ago or whatever it was. You basically full time, yep. and and you know you look at these guys like Chad and 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 Timmy when he was going and, and Wyndham and, yep. and you know they're much older than you are. You know what I mean? And and still hauling ass. So, yep. you're right. You yep. could, you could do it for sure. Um, yeah, no doubt. And then did I? I kind of heard through the grapevine that you were thinking of permanently settling in Australia with Sheena and the kids. Is that still on the yeah, agenda? We're, we're exploring it. Yeah, we're going to um, – obviously, I'm racing back in Australia for Honda this year. Mm-hmm. So I'm, like, super excited for that. I mean, for one, just to be back on the Honda alone is exciting for me. Then I enjoyed going back there this year racing and just being around family and, mm-hmm. and old friends and, and, and doing the circuit. So I, I really enjoyed that. And funny enough, like, when I left Australia, I was 17. Yeah, and I, I always said to myself back then, I'm going to return and finish my career racing in Australia. That uh-huh. that'll be like, I don't want to call it retirement tour or whatever, but that's kind of how I always visioned my career taking path. And so it's cool to to follow through with that. Um, so I'm enjoying that. But yeah, we're we're, yeah. we're not. Uh, I'm not going to say we're moving back to Australia permanently, but we right. are discussing that. So we're going to see how it goes. Um, what's the state of Aussie motocross right now? Obviously, um, you know, uh, Reardon's shown his face here and there and put in some great rides. Uh, Ferris, of course, we know what he can do. Mm-hmm. Um, we even saw him at a national. So what's the what's the state of Aussie motocross right now? Well, are you talking about, like, level of rider or, like, the sport in general? Yeah, sport in general, you know what I mean? Obviously, you guys, all, yeah, obviously you guys have it's, always uh, been able to portray, like, you guys, you know, between uh, uh, yourself and Chad and Burner and, and Ando, even before yeah. then, that, yeah. you guys have always been yeah. able to have great riders, but how's it, how's it? Well, it's like a different place and time right now, but, like, when we were coming through, um, we were, like, racing supercars, like, when I was 12. I think it's 12. <laughs> so, yep. you know, Chad was the same. Ando was the same. Burner was the same. We all came through at this era where they had indoor supercross racing, like arena cross here, but we would race on the same night on the same track mm-hmm. as the top dudes at the time. So I was out there on an eighty, yeah. at twelve years old, in front, of, you know, in, in front of the big crowds in the supercross. So I think that's where, like, it really inspired us to, like, okay, we can yeah. see a, a path in this sport, and that's missing now. They're trying to bring that back slowly, and I think that's awesome that they're doing it here in the states. And I think that's really going to be huge for the sport and the growth of amateur racing. Mm-hmm. But like. It's it is Australia took a huge dip I think in the sport in general just like the the amount of riders that are showing up to events the the sponsorships everything shrunk like just like it did here in the U S yeah, yeah, yeah. imagine like a small market you know it's just it's like it was struggling and I think it's taken a long time to kind of come out of that not that we're out of it it's still there unfortunately like 
you know, Kawasaki have pulled out of racing for next year, and hopefully they come back with something. But I know, like, it's it's a challenge for a lot of companies to keep going. So yeah. I think the sport is is not thriving, but it's doing well. And, like, motorcycle riding in Australia is huge. Like, mm-hmm. off-road sure, events, yeah. Yeah. all the grassroots stuff, that stuff is booming. Like, it's really doing well. Yeah. Um, but the motocross, the sport in motocross is, I, I hope it's, you know, they're going to keep trying to, yeah. make ways to kind of improve it. And then the rider level, I mean, I think, like, so, like, Ferris is riding yeah. awesome. you got the local guys. Gibbs is down there. There's a lot of other young riders that are coming through now, which is exciting in the 450 class. So, um, and then, you know, I'll be down there racing. So we've kind of got everything, all, all bases covered for, you know, the youth talent, mm-hmm. veteran status. So it's pretty cool. Are the Lawrence kids for real, you think, Matty? I've never met them. Uh-huh. Never seen him ride. Okay, but I mean, you, I, I, you would have to lean to say it's for real. Yeah. I mean, what he did at the nations and the way he finished out, yeah, uh, the GPCs, and uh, you know, I thought, man, that was really, really impressive. But um, I, I've never spoke a word to him, but I'm impressed with yeah. his riding. What I saw, I thought it was great. So we'll find out here in the U.S. Obviously, he's coming across, so I think that's exciting and. Um, He's got a great team, so he's got uh, all the things he needs to succeed. Um, I guess I, th- I think you're a little bit like me. Like I'm Canadian. Uh, I'm not. I'm not even a U.S. citizen. I, I need to do that. But um, I always f- me too. <laughs> I, yeah, I need to do it. It's so easy, and I just need to fill yeah, yeah. paperwork. But uh, I'm always checking out the Canadian series, Canadian riders, and I'm hoping yeah. I'm hoping for the best for those guys. And I guess you're the same with Australians, right? You're 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 hoping for the best yep. for the next wave. Yep, absolutely, and. Uh, yeah. Honestly, it's been a like you know Chad. Obviously, Chad's Chad's like Australian, but you got to look at him as like one of the world's best to ever do it. Period. Yeah. yeah. Like no matter where he's from, yep. so yep. that's almost like a different category. Like you know, but you know myself. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, for but, sure. Yeah. You know myself, Berna, Ando came across, um, uh, Reardon, Marmont. I mean, there's been a few few riders now. Most obviously the Moss brothers too. Yep. Yep. So it's been a few guys, but like no one. Other than myself, Berner and, and, and Chad have stuck yeah. and lasted out a career here. And so it's been a little shallow waiting. Like, where's the next one yeah, yeah, coming from? Yeah. And and the talent's been there, but it's been like pieces of the puzzle missing. And so I just, I think, I really think he has the ingredients to, to uh, be the next guy. And I think the next generation, the young, the young riders in Australia right now are really good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's going to be some more coming behind him. How about this Chad guy? Like he bought bikes. He's, he's got goose. It's a fun mover. Like he's got a bad ankle. I, I, I mean, we did a podcast a couple of weeks ago. I mean, he's a good friend of mine and an even better friend of yours. And, and I just said on my podcast, like, I don't want to see it if it's going to be bad. Like, I don't want to see it. You know what I mean? I, I, I love it that the guy still wants to race and he can do whatever he wants. It doesn't affect me one way or another. But, man, I hope he's all right. I hope he's making the right decision, you know? I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, he hasn't made too many wrong decisions. I mean, there's been a couple. but <laughs> Right. Like, the good thing with him is <clears throat> even if everybody may view it wrong, he doesn't. He stands behind himself. <laughs> right, His wife, right. I mean, Ellie's awesome. You know yeah, I mean? It's yeah. just... He's got he's got the right people there, and he he knows what he's doing. Yeah. He knows what he's doing. So, and like, I just hope, you know, I would rather see Chad, you know, if, when he comes back. Like, I just hope he doesn't try and make a one just for the yeah, heck of it, yeah. staying the points race. I would rather him sit out. Okay, whatever it is, maybe he's ready to go. Hopefully, 
But um, I just want to see him like enjoy, mm-hmm. enjoy his racing. You always know he's got a hundred percent in the tank, so that's not an issue. Yeah. But um, yeah, I just want to see him do well and succeed and and uh, continue his legacy. Yeah. It's been awesome. Yeah. Did I see you did a shootout, Manny? You're doing the magazine yeah. work now. <laughs> I've been doing some stuff, man. How is it hitting the ground running? It was fun. Yeah. yeah. I mean, literally, we got back from Australia in uh, August, August or September. I can't remember, and it was. Probably that first week I got home and Sean Finley from Cycle News, good friend, lives down the street. So I was walking around the block with the kids one night. He's like, hey, would you want to do a shootout? I'm like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so that's how that, that, literally that's how that happened and did the 450 shootout. Yep. Just did the 250 shootout like a week or so ago. And, nice. Uh, it was actually, it was, it was interesting. It was fun. I, it's cool to be able to not be attached. Yeah. But at that time, I didn't have an agreement with Honda and everything. So I was completely disattached from any brand. And, yeah. Um, to be non-biased and just ride and pick and right. see what's, what's out there. It's pretty cool. It's good as a rider to be able to do that. Uh, what'd you like the best 450 wise? What'd you like? Uh, <laughs> I picked the bike before I had a, had a contract, <laughs> and I would still pick the bike. Now I have a contract, but I, yeah. I picked the Honda. It was uh, no. to me. It was a clear favorite for me. Yep. Um, some of the other bikes did a couple things better, but that sure. was just across the board, like right. awesome bike. Yeah. Uh, no, I think it won Vital and Kiefer Shootout. You know what I mean? Yep. Um So I it's, think it's, it's yeah, it's nearly won everything yeah. from what I have seen. So. Uh, he, I've got a Suzuki. I'm I, I'm riding again a little bit. Kiefer gave me the Suzuki. Um, I love the way it looks. Did you rank it last, though, Meddy, like everybody else? Uh, I did. I uh. felt so bad. I'm like, man, this bike is like all new, and it's, oh, it's no. you know, groundbreaking for you guys after 10 years of the same chassis, whatever right. it's been, but I'm like, I'm sorry, but it's six. Yeah. No, I know. I know. If anybody, uh, like, you, you have a lot of time on that, uh, on the old model, you know what I mean? You can right. appreciate it, so. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and the thing is, like, it was, I, I unfortunately, like, I had it six, but for like Suzuki fans, it is an awesome bike. There's nothing. It's a good motorcycle. It's yep. not a bad bike. No, it does no. nothing wrong. It just didn't do anything that was better than anyone else, or it wasn't great. Yeah, like the power was the power was six. Yeah, the, the turning was right up there, but the front forks were horrible. Yeah, um, and it's just like, but if you've put you know spent like a thousand bucks get your suspension done set a couple of things up that thing would be awesome yeah so yeah they're all but like, you just have yeah. to spend it's like that's you know any yeah. bike you have to just tweak a little and then how good is that yamaha motor i rode one too i'm like holy crap this thing yeah i would i mean the motor and that is awesome and the front forks were like to me just like yep. everything else was like rubbish compared to that so, <laughs> yeah, yeah it's it cool so it was like nice you know just to ride all the bikes and see okay this is good this is good and just yeah it's pretty cool yeah um so how much do you ride now obviously like you said you got you got to deal with honda and all that but like week to week and, and everything how much are you riding how much are you motoring down and, and I'm, I'm guessing not a lot yeah yeah not a lot i mean i ride once a week i mean some weeks i will, actually i didn't ride for like two or three weeks at a time there mm-hmm. and I really don't like my first race will be April, early April mm-hmm. um, for the next season. So I don't really ramp up till January. Yeah. yeah. So I did that last year as well. I actually took like five months completely off riding oh, last year. Jeez. After oh. the Canadian series. Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't ride a bike for, or it was 
just under five months. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow. That that must have been was it maybe the longest stretch outside of injury you've never ridden a bike. It was the longest stretch without an injury. Like right. it was the longest stretch by choice. Right. Right. To to do that and yeah, I, it was really cool. Yeah. And I was like, man, I just wanted. As soon as I got a bike, I was like, I want to ride. I want to ride. Yeah. <laughs> so it was fun. Did I see yeah. your training uh, a Brazilian Enzo Lopes? You're you're working a little bit with him. So yeah, I met Enzo probably a year and a half ago now. Uh huh. And we started working together, and it was at first it was just running a coach, and then we started introducing like training and doing mm-hmm. everything, and then now he uh, he's like, you know, a, a, yeah, he's like he's like a, an adopted kid now. Um, yeah, <laughs> hey Sheena, awesome. hey Sheena, got, yeah, you got to make yeah, this kid a, a meal. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. So I mean, we yeah, he's he's family to us now, and uh, the family is great. You know, Brazilian family, and mm-hmm. so but he's a hardworking young rider, and yeah. A lot of talent, but you know, as you know firsthand, like talent takes you so far, and yep. it's not a longevity thing in this career. So he's got he's, he's he works hard. He's he's a good kid, and uh, I enjoy it. So yeah, those pieces are, are fun to me now. I get the time, like that's taking that time off. Now I can kind of like spread yeah. doing other things, and that's one of them that I enjoy doing. You know, you're a guy. If you don't go to Australia and you're finally winding it down, you're finally not racing competitively anymore. You're 100% a guy, Matty, that I could see being a team manager. Uh, I think you were very structured. I think you were very orderly. You were very um, determined. All these things, and then I think you had a real world view of sort of you know, you, you weren't some spoiled kid that just made bajillions of dollars and had no clue. So I could see you in a Michael Byrne role at some point. Any interest in that? It would be something you'd want to do. I would look at it. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. The, the option hasn't came up yet, but at the same time, I haven't mm-hmm. gone down that route full time. And like, hey, you know, is there anything available? Right. The thing, like, it's a little scary to see. Like, is there anything available? Like, if you do kind of bank <laughs> on doing something yeah. like that and you want to, is it like, is yeah. it there? Right. You know, and like, I'm obviously, yeah, I'm a great friend with Berner too, and so I'm like, I mean, what Berner's done. To, to those riders in that team is yeah. like amazing. I think he's a fantastic guy. Like he's, you know, yeah. I look up to Berna uh, as I have for a long time. So, so I've definitely seen that, and I would look look down that avenue. I think it would be great. I do think I've got the tools to kind of mm-hmm. jump into a spot like that. It's just whether it falls in 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 your hands or you kind of got to develop into it and like take, you know, a lesser role and then kind of build up to something. But I'd be open to, to doing anything like that. I yeah. think it would be cool. Obviously you've been in like yourself, you've been in the industry for so long. It's like you have the experience and the qualities to, to give, give yeah. back to it. So, but I don't think, I, I don't think any rider can do it. Do you know what I mean? Cause it's making yeah. phone calls. It's yeah. making organized is being organized. It's yeah. dealing with riders. I don't think every, any rider, Certainly, I've known some some guys that, you know, they can't even organize their own life. Never mind a team. But but you're not like that. You're one of the guys I, I really yeah. think could be a little bit cerebral about working with the team. Yeah. You know, so I appreciate it. Yeah. Appreciate it. And like, I think the biggest thing is being able to relate to the riders and and giving them something back, which is what I've had. Some people do really well, and some people do not so well yeah. throughout my career. And so, so, just going through a career in general, you kind of like you see positives and negatives, and like where you can imply yourself better and give back to the riders and the team and, and yeah. sponsors. So, yeah, you gotta you gotta have that's a tough gig. Like you always thought, I yep. no problem. But then <laughs> right, you're like, right. well, as you get old and you realize, like dealing with this sponsor and there's two people in that sponsor and then yeah, this sponsor and yeah. then this guy and this mechanic and man it's a lot you know how it yeah, is so. yeah no i buddy yeah. antonez is getting involved with the, he's the J, the 250 manager at jgr yeah. 
And okay. and I think Budman is finding that out. Like, like, yeah. like you know, it's not it's a little different nowadays dealing with all these mechanics and riders and sponsors and everything else. So yeah, back then, I mean, when he was racing, it was just a little more shoot from the hip <laughs> right, and like right. say it as you will. But now, like. Yeah. You get yourself into trouble, and that's kind of how it should be. Yep. And behind, you know, under the table, you can kind of roll that way. But yeah. I mean, the sport, so you know, it's becoming more professional and exposed. It's, right. uh, you could. Uh, Carrie's going the track building business with your brother-in-law. I do. I'm, I would need a good five years before <laughs> I can even class. Like I'm bad. You're bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I need a lot of work. I could when. Because I had a supercross track out here for a while, and uh-huh. then uh, I was like the water guy. That was it. <laughs> uh, like, I hopped in the dozer one time, yeah. and I was like, okay, I just dug. I had to build a flat pad, and it went down yeah, yeah. and back up. And I'm like, all right, I'm the water. I'll just sit in the water truck. Yeah, that's cool. it. Um, I was uh, jumping in the time machine a little bit and going back to your career. I always, I've told this story a few times, probably told it to you too, but my first experience with Brett Metcalf is – in Germany at some Supercross race in the fall of oh oh one Schalke Schalke, Schalke. Yeah. No, was, yeah Schalke Schalke is a that was a big member that stadium oh, the grass huge. rolled out into yeah. the sunshine yeah it was, it was sick they had a supermoto Everts yeah Everts and Nickel, Nickel and yeah. those guys were racing in between the lanes of the Supi track That's right it was and, I still would love to see an event like that again that was awesome yeah and do you remember the the dominatrix chicks that were putting on the opening ceremonies display. Yes, I'm like, yeah, how could you forget? <laughs> I'm like, I'm like going, is this suitable for the for the audience? But no, it's not. But it was Germany. Yeah, right. It was Germany. But I saw you there, yeah. and I'm like Metcalf. Yeah. Like I, I saw the name. You know, I knew the name from racing GPS and and in Australia. And you were okay. like, I remember thinking, this kid, like he's he's so good at Supercross. You were kind of a lightning bug. You were a smaller dude, uh, and you just kind of yeah. going to yeah. KTM 125. You threw it around and I'm like, oh man, this guy, like he's got, he can ride supercross. You know, you never know back then, especially I wasn't like I, we all knew Australians were, were great at supercross. You know, I'm some Canadian kid working for Nick way, but I remember <laughs> watching you going, this, uh, this guy's good, you know? So how do did you wrench for Nick? Yeah. I worked that, for Nick that, that, that yeah, night. Yeah, so yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, I remember, I remember that race. Like it's how long ago now it was, well, you were you were like the only guy at on one twenty five, pretty much. Well, that one two five was a two hundred, so KTM oh, made like this okay. <laughs> two hundred. So I was in the two fifty class, yeah. One two five with a board out, yeah. Two hundred, yeah. And so they were they were thinking about putting that into production. So it was me and Steve Boniface racing that two hundred there. But yeah, I remember that race really well. I remember practice. I qualified like. I think second or something like that was uh-huh. really fast, but I was loose back then. Like I just, yeah, I you, was, uh, <laughs> you were pinning it. Loose. You probably remember that. <laughs> I was a bit loose. And so I had a couple of crashes and like, that was the yeah. start of my career it was a couple of injuries that took me back. Yeah. But I was good. But it's funny. You mentioned Nick way, because I remember one of them, it was three main yep, events, three mains. I believe. Yeah. And it was the second of main event or the last main event. And I crashed in the first turn. I was coming through the pack. I was blazing. Caught Nick, passed him on the last lap, and then on the last corner, he ducked to the inside and just punked me and took me down. <laughs> and I always remember, like, I'm going to get that way guy. I'm going to get him back one day. And uh, that's funny that you were his mechanic. Yeah. That's crazy. I didn't know that. Yeah. And then uh, I remember in 2010 at Washougal, I fell on the first lap of the second moto, uh-huh. came from, like, 38th, uh-huh. and Nick was, as the last lap, it was for 5th. And it was for an overall podium. I had to pause Nick. And uh, 
on the last lap, that whoop section before the finish line, yep. I just blitzed him and got by him oh. right there. And that, I didn't touch him. Devin knocked him right, down. That right. was enough. I'm like, that is revenge right there. <laughs> you <laughs> waited. Oh, yeah, you waited nine years, but you got it. Nine buddy. years. Um, yeah. I, th- I think Joaquin Rodriguez won the overall. Nick crashed and broke a throttle tube and then yelled at me for not bringing an aluminum throttle tube. And, uh, yeah, that was your fault. Yeah, it was fault. my fault. And then I think Joaquin Rodriguez won the overall, I believe, and somehow. It could have been Joaquin, but yeah. it was I, – I reckon – JT was there. Yeah, JT. Um, we drove with him from Bercy. We went all went. We drove yeah. from Paris to Germany for that race. So yeah, and there was another guy, Clark. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I, it's. I got a good memory for that stuff. Ryan Clark, yeah. Clark Styles, one of those guys. I don't, know. I don't think it was. I don't think it was Ryan. Like I'm good friends with Ryan Clark. I don't think it was him. But mm-hmm. yeah, I kind of lost yeah. there. But uh, there was a, there was like three or four American riders there that were that were pretty good at the time and. Yeah, it was a fun event. Yeah. So when you went yeah. from from Australia to the GPs, are you yeah. like Chad, where you're like, I'm only I want to go to America, or did you have yeah. did you have some aspirations of like, hey, I can stay here and race motocross, or were you always telling KTM, hey, I got to go to America, I got to go to America? It was it was all about well, let me I'll back up a yeah. year before that. It was for me. It was all about I want to go anywhere but Australia. I'm out of here. <laughs> okay, like that was it, and I was willing to. The first time I ever did anything international was at Bercy mm-hmm. Supercross 2000, 2000, Bercy Supercross, and that was kind of where I got my relationship with KTM started. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the the event that kind of kicked a lot of things into gear. Um, I ended up winning like it was three nights. The last night I ended up winning like beating Buckaloo was YOT back then, Roderick Tang. Like there's a few other guys that yep. were good, and I ended up winning the last night as a 16 year old. And then KTM's like, all right, we got to try and keep this guy. And I'm like, after that one race, I had people calling me from Europe, like, hey, come and ride for us. I had some okay, guy yeah, from yeah. Italy <laughs> on a TM. Hey, Red, we want you to come ride. And I'm like, okay, done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, so I called KTM and said, hey, I'm going to Europe to race for TM. Where are you going? Someplace in Italy. Like, I had no yeah, idea. Yeah, like, yeah. I was so green, but I'm like, I'm out of here. I don't care. And then it fell through after like a month of discussions and they were going to send bikes and then everything just fell through. And so I'm like, okay, so I was lucky enough, like KTM picked up the pieces, gave me a three-year deal. One, I had to race in Australia one more year, which like was devastating for me, but yeah, I'm like, yeah. okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. So I did one more year in Oz. And then the second year, the agreement was to go race the GPs. And then the third year was American, to come to America. Oh, okay. So yeah, it was always... So that's, yeah. So it was in play the, the whole time, and I did some of the off-season. That's when I did that Schalke race, yep. and I did the German Supercross, and a couple bits and pieces here and there. So, yeah, it was pretty cool. So I was, that's how that's how I got my, my start was just like kind of like one event at Bercy where I really yep. did well. Yep. Was, you know, 16 and did really good, and people noticed, and bang, off it went. So, yeah, cool. Um, so, yeah, so it was always kind of like, hey, yeah, come, you'll, be, you'll get a shot in America. So when you come to America – that's Larry Brooks, right? And Rhino. At first, yeah. At first, it was Ron. Ron Heben was yep. a team manager, um, and and Brooks and MC were doing their thing on the side. So they were factory KTM, but it was on the side. So yep. Ron was kind of managing uh, for the first year there at KTM, and um, yeah, Rhino was there. So Rhino was kind of hired as like to race outdoors, and also kind of work with the young young up-and-coming riders and i was one of those guys so 
working with Rhino. I trained a lot with him back back in oh three oh two when I first came over, and then just you know did Supercross yep. and then uh, got 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 rolling here. Um. Yep. So that would have been and so oh three. The summer of 03 yep. is Langston and Rhino going at it for the title, right? Yes. And everybody yep. hates each other, everybody on the team. That would uh, yes. that must have been a nice welcome to America moment for you. <laughs> <laughs> it was an eye-opener, but yeah. that was just – well, actually, that was that outdoor season, halfway through the season, I tore my ACL. Yeah. So I got through Supercross, which was, like, really good. Uh-huh. Finished that couple – maybe one or two podiums, finished fifth overall. Um, and then outdoors, I was sitting like fifth or sixth in points. I had some really good runs going. Uh-huh. And then, yeah, just tore the ACL. So I missed, that was it. But yeah, I so I got to watch the last half of the, uh, the, the drum. Right. <laughs> it was action packed. Oh, and then they, um, Crazy. Boniface's, Crazy. Brooks took Boniface's front wheel off at one round, and Woodrow had, to, Josh Woods had to pull over. And, oh, yeah. it was great. Well, drama. I had to pull over too, but I'm not going to go there. Oh, but, <laughs> But um, yeah, it's, it was it was full on. So. Oh, it, uh, I needed we need to do a story on that one day. Like uh, myself at Racer X, we need to do a story on that summer because oh boy, that like, was an yeah. incredible season. I mean, first off, it was Rhino and Brownie, and then uh, GL mm-hmm. came into the picture, and like it was just it yeah. was cool. And then then James came back, and it was like wow. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, so many. It was it was a dynamic championship for the Lights Club. I was uh, yeah. I was at KTM in 2000 and 2001. I worked for Kelly Smith there, and and GL's yeah. first year was 01. And uh, yeah. Grant told us about how much worse the USA bike was from his GP bike where he won the title. Um, you weren't on the same team or anything like that, but did you, did you notice that too? Did you come to America and you were like, oh hey, my bike's not as good? No, I was the opposite. Okay, I I wasn't factory. In Europe, yep. Uh, when I raced there, no, too, I was I was like one of their satellite teams, and they had like three satellite right, teams. Right. KTM's always spread their wings out, so yep. I didn't. I actually never gelled with the European bike. I couldn't. I struggled big time on it. I could not get suspension set right. I wasn't happy with this and that, and so it was like opposite. Then I came to the states, and I'm mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, this is the way I'm yeah. talking about. Okay, yeah, so yeah right. Yeah. I was the opposite. So either they fixed a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, or it was just the bikes got better. I don't know, but for me, it was the other way around. So when I look through the Racer X vault and I look at your results, in 04, your second year in KTM over here, your outdoor results, Meddy, were terrible. <laughs> terrible. Yep. What happened? Supercross as well. Yeah. Yeah, Supercross is bad because the year before, finished fifth, had some podiums, yeah. and that 04 season, I came in just off the ACL injury, mm-hmm. which was a big injury. Like, that was yeah, staph sure. infection. Yep. Um, like, 12 to 24 hours away from having my leg amputated. Oh, wow. It was, a real, yeah. it was the real deal. So I think it was, like, a bit of nerve on that side of it, plus not coming in prepared, plus the four-stroke era started. Yep. And I just it, – it was not – competitive anymore besides james james was yes, on like of course. a different planet right it's crazy um but yeah i just it struggled i couldn't get starts and we sh- just struggled uh, so and outdoors going in like i really seriously think i was riding faster than the year before i was mm-hmm. fitter yep and the results for like 15th was a good moto yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Oh, it was painful and the only positive i had was that rhino wasn't that much further in front of me. Right, like, right. You could point that to that. That was like yeah. my benchmark guy. Yeah. He was like fighting for the championship, could have, should have nearly won the year before. Yeah. And then he's like 
struggling in some top tens. He did have some good run yeah. rides there, but yeah. he was struggling too. And so I'm like, okay, I just got to try and close the gap to Rhino because that's like the guy. <laughs> so James was like killing everybody yeah. on a two stroke. So we didn't we didn't have a legitimate excuse of like two strokes are killing us, you know. Like right. I mean, the four strokes are killing us. James was making us look stupid, but it was uh, like the four stroke here was just. Ridiculous. Hey, better. isn't it isn't it crazy though? But back then, and I was around, there was legitimate debate about it. You know what I mean? Like I don't think any of us really knew how no. much better those four strokes were. I mean, Kelly Smith made himself yep. hundreds of thousands of dollars because he got early <laughs> on, a, on, a, on a YZ250F. <laughs> he got on a YZ250F yeah. early, and like yeah. literally, and we were all. Uh, we don't know. Uh, like yeah. some good, Everyone, some bad. I, I agree. It was still like, are you sure? Like, right. Can't you like pick it up a little bit? I'm like, dude, I'm doing all I can. Like, yeah. and I remember Mitch telling me one time, like when he first started on the four strokes for Cowie, when he first got his hands on him and stuff. Like, I remember him saying when I was there, there wasn't a sound limiter back then. So yeah, it, they were loud as heck. <laughs> like, and and you know. Every time you drop a DB or two, yeah. it takes how much power? I mean, it's like yep. one, or, one or two horsepower when you drop decibels. And there was no limit then. So no. they were just loud as heck. And <laughs> so the four strokes back then were really fast. Like, yeah. They were crazy fast. Yeah. And and none of us really knew. It was like, hey, what are you going to ride? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I, I'm not, <laughs> it's like, what, yeah. what the hell are we thinking? <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's funny to say that because I still remember, like, the debate. I think 05 was, like, the last year where Chad and Ricky rode two strokes. Yeah. And yeah. then 06, Ricky decided. I think Ricky was kind of the first to release, like, he's riding the four stroke. And yeah. then, like, it was like, Chad's doing it. This guy's doing it. And I was like, oh, man, Ricky, he's crazy. He's crazy. Yeah, like, yeah, two, yeah. He's, got, he's a two stroke guy. But then it, was right. like, it wasn't even it wasn't even close. It was ridiculous. Well, I also, so. too, like, I was at Yamaha and we were having problems on on-offs with the carburetor coughing and burping and we're like ah oh, it's gonna be yeah, so dangerous the, and then we're like oh wait the box would pop off sometimes uh, yeah yeah we got that too bro and then and then and then we're like oh shit like the honda and then it turns out the honda guys had it totally figured out and dialed and they never had a problem we're like ah oh, shit like oops yeah you know yeah. um yeah. so at the end of 04 did ktm tell you to beat it or did yamaha troy just offer you more money and, and what and why the no. 125 again well that was the only option I had, to be honest. But okay, it was it was my choice. Like early on, that year just fell apart. It was really not. It wasn't O four. I mean, O four was just enough. Yep. Like results were down. Everybody was down at KTM. Like yeah, yep. it just like we're dealing with we we're making this one two five as good as we can. We've done everything, <laughs> and we're getting our asses whooped. Yep. And so everyone was down. Like Rado was. Down. I was down all the super the whole supercross season. I don't think we had any podiums. Like yeah. it was just maybe I'm wrong there, but yeah. I don't think so. And everyone struggled, and it was just miserable. And so it was more like I think I'm going to look at my options and maybe try something else. Like yeah, yeah. I was also struggling without the linkage because that was PDS system, and I really supercross that oh, thing yeah. didn't work. No. It didn't work. No, period. And so I was just like, man, I'm tired of like almost going over the bars a lot. I'm tired of not being able to get through the wolves good anymore. Like, mm-hmm. let me try something else. So that was my choice to say to KTM, I'm going to kind of like have a look elsewhere. Yeah, yeah. How about and that? obviously, yeah, uh, yeah so, when, yeah. so when I said that, it was like, okay, they moved on. Right. The only other option was Yamaha of Troy, and Yamaha came out with their new bike, 
Yep. So it was like a perfect fit. Hey, we want you to, we'll give you a two year deal, but you got to ride this thing the first year. Yeah, they put the aluminum frame on it. It was first year aluminum frame, and uh, they yep. were pretty excited about it. How about the PDS system, which would start out okay, but by the end of the whoops, boy, you were really holding on by the end. <laughs> Was, yeah, I mean, oh man, I, I would I would invite anybody who thinks their bike doesn't handle good to jump on one of those. I mean, maybe don't, but just like if you could imagine, well, <laughs> it was it wasn't fun, man. Thanks to Fly Racing and Alpine Star Protects for coming on this podcast. Now here's some commercials from Race Tech and Michelin. Listen, all right, thanks. Hey, thanks everybody for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis podcast on Racer X. I want to talk to you a little bit about Race Tech. The folks at Race Tech have been uh, on board with us for a long time. And use the code PulpMX17 when you're checking out to save money. Get your suspension done, please. Come on. Give your bike some love. All right. If, if you're looking to get the most of your bike suspension, get Race Tech's proven lineup of suspension components and services done at the headquarters in Corona, California, or at your local Race Tech service center. And check out the helpful guides on Racetech.com and pick up a do-it-yourself gold valve kit. It's a revalve in a box. Things have been around a long time. Also, too, Racetech doing engines now, valve jobs, porting, honing, decking, and more. Whether you're looking for a rebuild or a high-performance upgrade, Racetech's engine services department experience, staff, and state-of-the-art equipment have you covered. I can vouch for that. I've seen it myself. Give Racetech a call and mention Pulp Mex for a special discount. Please, check them out. Thanks to the guys at Racetech. Randy Richardson from Michelin here, and I'd like to thank the Pulp MX Show listeners for your support and share some information about Michelin motorcycle tires. Michelin offers motorcycle tires for everything from cruisers to sport touring, sport bikes, and adventure touring motorcycles. And as we celebrate our 10-year anniversary of our iconic partnership with Harley-Davidson, you'll find Michelin Scorcher tires on an increasing number of factory-equipped Harley-Davidson motorcycles. New for 2017, Michelin introduces the new benchmark for sport bike tires, the Michelin Power RS, featuring many of Michelin's patented technologies, all of which contribute to the incomparable grip, handling, and flickability of the Michelin Power RS. I just want to hit a motocross stuff. Fair enough. Let's focus on the Michelin Starcross 5. Because the Pulp MX Show listeners are important to Michelin, we're going to continue to sponsor Steve's janky radio show. That's right. While I'm not like some people who say, I know everything. I do know a few things about motorcycle tires, and I'd like to share some of the key features and benefits of the Michelin Starcross 5 tires with you. And I promise it's not a bunch of corporate blah, blah, blah. The Michelin Starcross 5 tires are specifically designed for use in a broad range of conditions and terrain. They're available in sand, soft, medium, and hard versions, and are offered in 21 size and fitment applications. Yeah, you like that? In addition to the exceptional performance and durability, the redesigned architecture of the Michelin Starcross 5 features a bead profile that makes the tires easier to install. And everyone knows... Easier mounting, always a good feature. If you're riding on Michelin Starcross 5 tires, but you have friends that are still buying other brands, please tell them... No, 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 no. Encourage them to try a set of Michelin Starcross 5 tires. And if you haven't tried Michelin Starcross 5 tires yet? You're out of your mind, dude. Visit your local dealer or online retailer to purchase a set of Michelin Starcross 5 tires and install them on your bike. Who knows? They might just help you learn to do a backflip in a day. It worked for the Doom Goon. To learn more, visit MichelinMotorcycle.com and follow us on Instagram at Michelin Motorcycle. I always, uh, I always tell people, like, yeah, the PDS system, it sucked for Supercross, and it, it, it almost killed so many dudes. 
the good part though is because of the shock was moved to the side, you could put a forty mil carb on it and it could do nothing but <laughs> suck air straight from the in- intake. You know what I mean? Like it was. Uh, it was a give and take. It that's really how they was. Created their power. It really KTM was. was a powerhouse engine, yeah. and that's where they they got it from. Was just like that straight intake shot. Yeah. Um, but they, you know, and outdoors that thing wasn't too bad. In the sand, yeah, I would almost say it works yeah, better yeah. than a linkage. I would really think it does. But and, I mean, that's uh, we have one race a year now in the sand. And so, oh five, you're at Yamaha Troy, and oh five yep. is. Kind of the I'm, I'm at Yamaha this time, so I kind of I'm, yeah, I'm working for right. Ferry. Yeah, so, but I'm this is kind of like Phil Alderton's a little going off the deep end. Kehoe had left or was leaving. Dean Eric Baker, yeah, Dean Baker yeah. was leaving, and it, it wasn't was it wasn't the Yamaha Troy that everyone remembers and loves in the powerhouse. You know, it was kind of slipping yep. a little bit at this point. It 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 was basically given a rebirth. Yeah. Um, you know, Phil. Iron, Dean Baker, all those guys. When I came in, at least yeah. nobody, everyone had kind of it was a clean slate. Yeah, yeah. Yamaha just said, "Okay, it's a clean slate now." Dave Osterman came in, um, and I'm lost for names, so I'm sorry. Frenchy, but Frenchy uh, Osterman, uh, Frenchy, of course. Yep. Yeah, yep. Frenchy, Dave. You know, and then mechanics filled in from there. Obviously, yep. as one of my good friends, Jamie Ellis. So that's you know, it was a clean slate. Bang, uh, everyone came in. I came in. Um, Brock. Salads. Yeah, oh yeah, that's uh, right. Your guy yeah. Kelly and Danny. So those yep. are the riders, us four guys. Yep. Kelly Smith, Danny Smith. Yep. Brock. And that year for me was probably one of the best because I had three elder riders. Mm-hmm. I learned a lot, saw how they did things. I had a good benchmark. Um, and honestly, that was one of the coolest years. Like, even though I was riding a 125, that bike handled Unreal. Yeah. It was really good. It was a great bike. And I had good results in Supercross. Outdoors was the whole different story. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah. Like Supercross was good. And just the, to be around those guys, I really enjoyed it. You, uh, you had the penalty or the penalty. You had the record for, uh, uh, last guy to score a point in on one twenty five, except stank dog took it away from you. But, um, for, you know, <laughs> yeah. for, for a long time, you were the last guy to score a point in one twenty five on a one twenty five national. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and fans, I, I would hundred percent bet that you still have fans telling you about, they remember when you were on a one twenty five at the nationals. I have it all the time. Right, right. Honestly, like that year would have been the biggest fan base growth, I think, out of any rider ever. Yeah, no, <laughs> well, for sure. Not ever, but I definitely gained a lot of, you know, fans' respect. Uh, and I was just out there, you know, as always, I just give it uh, everything, you know, give it all I got. Yep. So it was, it was, it was a cool time. I enjoyed it. Outdoors were a major struggle, but like the indoors, it was, it was really good. But yeah, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was a fun time. Uh, somebody told me your old 125 showed up in Craigslist a little while ago. Um, you're, it was either practice bike or race bike. Full deal, dude. Uh, and I recognized it because of all the th- stuff that, that was on it uh, with the carbon, no carbon guards and the tie bolts and everything. It was your 125. It was pretty funny. Yeah. So, I have to check, check that out. Yeah. I remember we Yamaha rented Hangtown. Do you remember we went up to Hangtown for a preseason yeah. test? And, yep. and we were like, Oh, Metcalf's going to struggle. Oh, Metcalf's going to struggle so bad. <laughs> and at some point, like, what happened? So you switched to DVDF. Who's yeah. who's? Did you just cry, Uncle? Were you just, uh, you know? No, no. I knew what my role was. There. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was to promote the one two five. I mm-hmm. think. I think the pro- the plan worked. I mean, they sold the heck out of those bikes. Like it was, yep. it, it worked. 
But halfway through the outdoors, Keith McCarty called me and said, okay, that's that's it. <laughs> <You're on the laughs> that's it. We sold the 125s. We, we sold enough. <laughs> he's like, I think I think they kind of like, okay, this has done its job now. Yeah. Let's let's see what this guy's got in the tank for next year. Let's get him ready for next year on the four stroke. Yeah, yeah. So, and but that was like that old era four stroke, you know. So, that thing wasn't fun to to ride to be honest, but like I got on it and I'm like, this is like the power was Yeah. just night and day. It was yeah. ridiculous, but yeah. um it handled like a a dog. I mean, oh, were... so I went off like the best handling bike, yep. up slow to fast and no handling. But I think when I finished out that last half of the season, I was in like 14th or 15th in points uh-huh. in the first half. Yeah. In the last half, I think I would have finished like fifth. Right. Like that. So it was like the the difference was just night and day. Right. Yeah. yeah it, uh, Yamaha deserves a lot of credit for being innovators and and starting these four yeah. strokes up. But Honda took the Yamaha 250 and 450 and went. Oh, we can do this a lot better. Hold on, just wait. We're gonna and make they this. Did. and yeah, and we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna make real good four strokes. You know what I mean? Not not steel tanks. So yeah, they, and they did. So yeah. um, so after okay, a couple of years at Troy, and then uh, you switch to Mitch's team. How does that go about? Do you? Uh, I mean, Yamaha Troy again, falling falling apart a little bit, and then Peyton comes calling. I mean, it's it's probably an easy choice for you at this point, right? Yep, it was kind of an easy choice, and like I talked to Mitch a little bit that outdoor season. My Supercross season in '06 was okay. I had a couple podiums. Mm-hmm. It was I improved a lot Supercross, got some re- results, and I was consistent. Um, speed was there, like times were better. Yeah. So I think Mitch was watching that. I mean, he told me he was watching from an outside, you know, from distance. And then outdoors, I started off strong, was rolling really good outdoors, like up there, top five. Podiums, nearly one, couple here and there, um, and then he started talking to me. I'm interested for you next year. Yep. Obviously, in, in Mitch's typical fashion, you know the way the way he he approaches you and stuff. So I remember, I still remember him calling me the first time, and I thought it was a joke. You know. <laughs> he, 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 so, so I'm like, yeah, it's a no-brainer. So we kind of, and that's actually that year is when I first met. Um, my agent David Evans, uh-huh. who's been like a phenomenal help and friend to me over the years, yeah. And so he was involved, but it was kind of on the lighter side. We we're just mm-hmm. working things out, and everyone knew each other, so it was just an easy fit. And yep. uh, that's where I wanted to go. So it was, it was. Uh, I it didn't. Was a done deal. I didn't know you worked with David. I always tell people like, there's so many shitty agents and shady people and unqualified agents in this industry and, and david is not yeah. one of them he is such a such an up and up class guy and you know if he doesn't know something he says it and he doesn't he, he i think he treats people right and does the right thing and man uh yeah i do i think the world of david evans for sure uh, uh nothing else to add. i, I yeah. agree 100 percent. sometimes yeah. i'm like is this guy like involved in the motor industry <laughs> yeah he is. i okay. know right this is like no phenomenal and like i was fortunate enough that he helped me and, you know, I had some good years where I was earning, you know, a good income. Yeah. And, like, those years where he was, like, awesome. Yeah. But what, what I could say about him is when I wasn't, and, like, now, yeah, even now, and, like, the years before where I, was, I wasn't I was earning enough to even have an agent. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And he still helped me out, and, like, he did it right. out of his goodwill. Like, that's, I was just, yeah. I was always fortunate to have, he's a great guy. No, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. There's a lot of people that wouldn't even pick your phone call up now, Matty, you know, like right. they would be yep. like, yeah, I'm just going to flush this guy, you know, despite all the things you've done in the past, you know, and David, David's not one of those. Um, yep. uh, so, Hey, that summer, uh, you, you hurt yourself. I don't know. What did you do that, that, uh, 
summer, that well, summer that, seven. that first year at Pro Circuit when we're going back to PC seven, yeah. I actually I hurt my shoulder at the motocross the nations. Okay, came on the pro circuit, started riding. I'm like, oh, man, my shoulder doesn't feel good. Yeah, like, and I was just like, there's no way this is happening right now. There's no way. I tried and tried and rode for like four weeks rehab, and I'm like, no, something's not right. So yep. when got an MRI, yeah, you've got like torn labrum, <laughs> torn rotator cuff. Like I had the full deal. I'm, yeah, like I think I started crying. Oh. I was like, this, this was it. Like, I remember, though, I was just like, this isn't, this cannot be real. Yeah. And so, yeah, I went through surgery. It took, you know, uh, whatever it took, like four or five months, you know, the shoulder deal. Yeah. And it took a while. So we just, you know, I missed Supercross, which was painful to watch because I felt like, actually, funny enough, you know, someone goes down, someone else jumps in and, mm-hmm. um, Oh, was, man, that, was that Goose? Like, Goose? No, 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 no. Up north, you, you're, you're a boy. Oh, up Darcy Canada. Lang. Yeah, Darcy, Darcy Lang. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I apologize for not thinking of the name. Darcy, awesome guy. So he filled in for me. So Darcy had a great run. I think he finished like what, second. second in yep, that championship. Second. Yeah. 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 So I mean, he, he, yeah. So that was cool. Got to meet Darcy. He's a good, good guy. And um, yeah, it was just painful to watch though. But in Mitch's fashion, like. You know, I was just like, all right, Supercross is done. Like, I didn't yeah. even make make any of them. Yeah. So that's just focusing out. And Mitch is like, no, you're going to ride Supercross. And I'm like, why? And he's like, because you're going to start riding Supercross. Everyone else is doing it, so why aren't you doing it? Yeah, like, yeah. Okay, yeah. I'll go do it. So, like, he just ran me through all these drills, and, like, I had to get to a certain lap time. I remember being at the track. He came out to watch. I was nervous. Uh-huh. And, you know, my best lap time was one second off RV or something. He's like, right. nope, got to get your lap time down. And I'm like, man, dude, okay. <laughs> so then, you know, it came out. It would be like a weekly deal. And my mechanic at the time, Kyle Bentley, who's, yeah. you know, we've been friends over the years. Yeah. And so, you know, every week I'm like, man, Kyle, like, why are we here? Like, we're we're trying to get ready for Hangtown right, in like four right. weeks, you right. know? And so, and then he was having me ride with Darcy to like push Darcy along and ride with him. Yeah. And so I literally like, was running better than Darcy, you know, and I'm just like, okay, I'm not racing right now, but I'm like at this level. Like, so it's really weird. It showed Mitch, yeah. like I can do supercross. He yeah. knew where I'd kind of be. Right. And it gave me that confidence. And like, I learned a lot from that, you know, like just, yeah, you got to run through the drills and mm-hmm. run through the motions. And uh, then outdoors came that season. And yeah, second round, I had a good first round, second round broke my thumb. Okay. Crash in practice. That was it yeah. then. Yeah. Um, yeah. One of the things, can you imagine you just got hired to pro circuit and you got to make that call to Mitch that your shoulder is destroyed and you need surgery? Yeah. Like you're like, oh, boy. It wasn't, it wasn't fun. And, and, it, and, it got the, and it got hurt <laughs> at the motocross the nations. You know what I mean? A race that wasn't, you know, for him or anything. Yeah. So. And that was a race where I went over. I shouldn't have even gone, like, because I was leaving YRT. And they right. said, we're not sending you a bike or really helping. Mm-hmm. So I took, I took suspension i took forks and shock and that's it i didn't take clamps i didn't take anything yeah, yeah. like just borrowed a bike and that always <laughs> at the elite level that always backfires yeah yeah um is that england where was that is that england yeah that yeah. was madly based yeah oh yeah, five oh six so yeah, yeah. Six, madly based. um and then so you come back that you start that summer and this is the townley rv uh summer yeah. and then you jump in yeah. and and it is just a pro yeah. circuit like you're just making podiums these two guys are are, are sweeping yep. it. Like what a summer! Once you once you get back into into, into it, it was yeah, it was cool. I remember Millville. I mean, I was emotional because it's been such a I mean a pinnacle point getting to there. Yep, on the team and everything, and then just injured, injured, and then second round outdoors injured. 
and then coming back and then getting on the podium. I think RV won Millville, Townley, and me, and I might have even been Stroop fourth, I yeah. reckon it was. And, yeah. and so, yeah, that was pretty cool. And then I think three times that year, I think we did it at Steel City, yeah. and we did it at Glen Helen, and uh, it was pretty dominant. It was a, a strong lineup. Yeah, so, yeah really, yeah. right? Um, yeah. The next year, 08, Kawasaki again, Pro Circuit, uh, 19th at the opener, and from there you almost made every podium the rest of the year, except that 19th. Yeah, hurt you. yeah that 19th hurt me. I remember that. I still feel that one in my back. I <laughs> um, I clipped a tough block. Um, it, was an, it was a good race. I still remember. It was like top five are all bunched up. Mm-hmm. And I was getting a rhythm. I was like, okay, I can see myself going through this, taking it. And I tried to cut a corner tight and clipped the tough block, dropped it into first gear, oh. and hit the triple accidentally in first, <laughs> and Jeez. came up like way, you know, way short, nosed it in, mm-hmm. and then couldn't start the bike. It wouldn't start after that. Right. And DNF, as a DNF, so yeah, it was a bummer. Ah, uh, yeah, really, but, right. Yeah. And then the rest of the season, I mean, it's unbelievable. It's solid. You never won a, a 125 Supercross. You you must have a hundred podium trophies. <laughs> I got a lot, but yeah, I never won like uh, I never won a Supercross lights or outdoor. Yeah, um, incredible. Yeah, so um, well, I've only got one total. So yeah, it's uh, yeah. yeah, like I think I had a lot of opportunities. Like actually, I didn't have a lot of opportunities to win. I had a, a couple. Yeah, um, and just didn't get it done. So um, that was, yeah. So that 08 season, you ride again for Mitch again. You're another solid yep. year, good results. And you yep. left for Geico at the end of the year, and he was pissed. He told me about it. Yep. He, was, he was not happy with you. Um, <laughs> take us through that I a little bit. I think he's still not happy. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> me. Probably. For sure. Um, it was just, I don't know. I was trying that year. If I could, I wouldn't do anything different, but if I could take – the mentality I have now of racing with like this experience to uh-huh. go back, it would things would be a lot different. But I expected when I went there, it, this was my answer. Yeah, I'm going to win now, like everyone does. Yep. Expect that, and it doesn't pan out that way. It's not it, the bikes of the bikes are awesome. Mm-hmm. No hands down, the bikes are great. He puts everything together. Bones are there, all the guys. But it's it's like the atmosphere back then. I don't know. I'm sure it's the same, but back then it was like. If you win, we're going to yeah. praise you. If you don't, it's like we don't even want to talk to you. And I was just – obviously, I didn't win. So it was it was always like just a hard-edged place for me. And yeah. I just – it wore me down and it wore me down and it just beat me down. And um, so the, the move to Geico really started with a really close friend of mine who was really great friends with Ziggy. Mm-hmm. And I got talking to Ziggy and – to this day, he's still a, one of the guys I respect most in the sport. Good friend, and so yeah, it just felt like a different place. Of and I just wanted to try something else. I, yeah. I knew I didn't even know. To be honest, like everyone test rides the bikes and all this stuff. I didn't even ride the bike. I just said, "Oh, <laughs> really? Huh? I'll do yeah. the deal. I'll, I'll do the deal." Like everyone's like, "Oh, well, you're on the best bike. You're going back." It's like it doesn't matter because I knew, like mentally, yeah. That was that was a bigger change what I needed. So, um, um, it was one of yeah. those you know like he doesn't have the results anywhere near the results you do. But a friend of mine, Troy Adams, got one yep. shot with PC and the culture, the pressure. Uh, I don't even know the pressure, the self inflicted pressure, whatever it is. And again, he yeah. didn't get the results that you did at all. So maybe it's apples to oranges. But 
Troy was just almost too nice, too sensitive of a guy for Pro Circuit. Like, I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but and I don't know. If, I'm not saying that's the reason it was for you, but yeah, man, it's a little different deal, right? Like, it's just a you know. Yeah, it was. It's it was a high. It was a high. It was an intense place. Yeah, and uh, you know, like it's so. It's an. It's a place of you know winning is is the only thing and you know obviously you look at you look at the number one plates on the on the door it speaks for itself but when you look at the names they're almost all the greatest riders of all time I and mean, you yeah. got mc yeah. you got ricky you got rv mm-hmm. i mean those three guys alone are you know yeah easily top five of oh, yeah. ever to ride a bike yeah. throughout the world so it's not wasn't for everybody and i realized like okay like I haven't won. This wasn't my answer. It's, it's, I'm not going to say unfriendly is not the word. Mm-hmm. It was just like, it was, um, I don't know. Just, I just didn't feel like it was a good place for me. Yeah. Um, I put a lot of pressure on myself as a rider. I, I do everything I can. And I think that team and the atmosphere was too much for me. Yeah. It was just too much. And so that's what I would take different now. If I could go back. Yeah. I would take a little bit of pressure off myself because mm-hmm. they're already there to do their job. Everyone's doing their job perfectly. Yep. I just needed to take the edge off from myself, and then it would be a perfect fit. And I think, um, you know, you know you, you almost wonder like, had you gotten a couple of wins, just a couple yep. of wins, even if you got one in the lucky break, someone fell in the last lap, and you you took a win, that all would have gone away do you know what i mean like yeah yeah like and he always said that to mitch's credit i mean mitch says some amazing things that i took my whole career i'm like man this yeah he knows his stuff and he always said like once you get your first one it'll be different yeah you know it'll be different yeah so like i just that never happened for me Um, you know and maybe if i had a stage another year maybe that would have been the ticket yeah but like it just I was just like, I was at a, Whoa. I was at a bad place. I was kind of stressed and just frustrated. <laughs> so I was like, okay, yeah. I'm going to go this route. I so think. I, uh, route. I think Peyton's version is that you said you're coming back. You're like, yeah, I'm, I'm coming back, and then all of a sudden you're like, ah, I gotta go. I gotta get out of here. So he was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a little bit along those lines. Yeah, but but you know, but I'm not, not, nothing legally. Time, yeah, nothing legally. I mean, yeah, yeah, nothing yeah. legal. But at the same time. You know, he had said to some people that, yeah, I'm not even going to go into it. I'll just leave. I, I do. I will I yeah. will say, like, I was, I did tell him, yeah, I'm planning to come back. I yeah. never said I'm coming back. I said, I do plan, plan to come on back. It. Yeah, yeah. And then oh. it just, I was like, you know what, I'm I'm not doing it. And that was probably the hardest thing I've ever done in my career. Yeah. I can just call him and say, you know what, man, just, yeah, he wasn't happy. And that lasted for years. And the last few years I've been sponsored by a pro circuit and he's helped out and, Okay, He's been I was, cool, and I was going to ask you. Yeah, chatted, okay. and I'm like, okay, like, yeah, I'm happy just to say hello and, and, and <laughs> chat a little bit, keep a business, and move on. And Mitch, yeah. I mean, yeah, his, his kids and, and wife are awesome, right? So, yeah, it's, and it's, it's not cool. like Geico Honda was uh, a drop down or anything. I mean, at this point, uh, you know, I think Mitch had a huge jump on everybody when the four strokes came in. But by yep. the time you moved to Geico Honda, I mean, everybody's got a pretty good program, or, or many people do. You know, so they, they, yeah. honestly, they were their bikes. On like speaking on technical side, yep. Geico were behind, but then they were they were it was a seesaw effect, and they were going up, and they had some cool things going on, and that was one thing that Mitch wasn't open with was to adjust the engine. He's like, "This is," yep. I still remember his words. I'm not going to repeat it, but it was <laughs> in a nice way. Brett just go and ride the bike, yeah, and 
and that was I, I I liked to ride with a lot of low end power, and we didn't have it. And when I got on the Geico on the Honda, it was just like this is what I was been searching for. And I think when Jake went from Honda to Cowie, yeah, he was like, "Oh, this thing's missing in this area." This is me guessing and kind right. of what I heard through the grapevine. So yeah, yeah. obviously, yeah. Mitch improved, and so. <clears throat> um, yeah, but it wasn't like a step. I wasn't like I was going backwards. To be honest, I actually feel like I got it elevated me. Right. Um, not a lot, but I feel like it did elevate. And it's funny you say that about the the team atmosphere too, because the, yeah, the Geico team is known for being a bit more family oriented, a bit more laid back. They always have been, and I think they still are. You know, I really I th- do. I think yeah. it still is that way, and yeah. the, the team has changed a lot since I was there, so I can't speak for everything that's going on now. But back then, it was like a completely different feel like different atmosphere and it just it worked it was it worked for me it was really good um and so yeah it was it was more of like a family feel and maybe that's and i've also thought about this because i'm you know came here from australia by myself uh, obviously i've been with sheena and my wife for a long time but yeah it was just us you know i didn't have you know like uh, like RV or or, Dungy or or any American ride. Like I don't have my mom and dad here. Yeah, I don't have my brother and sister or my grandparents or anybody. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm here by myself. So you kind of look to your team as like a bit of a family feel. Yeah. At least I really strongly did that through my career. And yeah, KTM, yeah. KTM gave that to me. It was a really good family feel. I knew my mechanic well. All those guys. Um, but the, the other teams kind of didn't deliver that because they were yeah. just racing team. And so going to Geico kind of introduced that feeling back for me. I think that's what it really helped me. And I imagine you got a you got a nice race going to Geico too off off your PC I results. Didn't. I mean, yeah, no, I, I, I really didn't. Oh, okay, no, I really didn't. It was it was more just this is where I want to go. Right. It was like, and that's throughout my career. Like some, now I like look back, I kind of kick myself. I'm like, man, I should have just been more business minded and <laughs> like take money. But I was just like, no, this, yeah. is, this is where I want to go. I'm pretty just like, I was all focused on racing and like yeah. whatever was, was well, best for that and me. Yeah. And you're like, Hey, if I win, I'll get the money will come. You know, if I start winning and podium, that's and, the yeah, thing. Yeah. Like yeah, people ask me like about finances, like throughout your career, but like, it's like winning, puts you up you know you win a championship that's like a half a half mil 200 yeah. 300 grand whatever it is yeah, you know yeah. 450 class that's like up oh yeah mil. yeah so that's where the money is like the guys that you know everyone looks at the sport the amateurs like oh, i want to just get on the team and then i'll be making you know 100 200 grand i'm like dude whoa 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 like, <laughs> it ain't what you think you know right. you gotta if you want to make a good career and living you gotta be yeah, you know, show that you can win and actually do it and podium and ah, by the time you pay your taxes and you got a truck and you, <laughs> and you you hire an agent yeah. and a trainer or whatever, like yeah, yeah. it ain't you're not exactly killing it. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Hey, so uh, the second year at Geico, you rode a 450 outdoors. Why was that? I don't remember what happened. Why did they put you on that bike? That was by choice. Okay. Really, um, like, and that was discussed prior to going into the season. Was like, Matty, this would be an option. I really, really wanted to do it. And when I did the Geico deal, leaving PC there, that was all talked about. It was all discussed. Like, I want to. Is there a 450 option? Yeah. Um, and there was a 450 option on opposite coast Supercross, but mm-hmm. I elected not to do that because um, I think that can either go really well or backfire really badly. Yeah. And so the outdoors was always kind of like on the cards to to do mm-hmm. 450 outdoor 2010. 
so that was a huge plus for me too to have that there to use that as a stepping stone to get somewhere in the 450 class dude third in supercross on the east coast and second 450 motocross like what a season yep. you know that was yeah that's on on paper and like for me personally that was the the season that i cherished the most um and even the year before that supercross i got hurt but i felt like it would have come down to battling with Porcel to win that championship. Mm -hmm. And I had, we were riding good. I mean, I was riding good. I had what it takes. Yep. I had what it took, sorry. Um, but then that outdoor season, I finished third. And that was a stack. That was that was probably, that 09 season outdoors was one of my favorite races of all time. Oh, at, yeah? At yeah. Uh, Thunder Valley. Thunder oh, Valley, yeah, yeah. Under the light. The light race, right. Yeah. Under the lights, Moto 2. It was insane. Yeah. I mean, it like was unreal. Five of you guys pinned going around the track. Yeah, yeah, seven. I think it was like seven. seven. Like yeah. Jake, actually, Jake uh, had checked out. He was on. He was, he was just on a, on another level that that night, and uh, so he'd won. But the battle from like second to like eight to something was just intense. It was awesome. So I was still like, I remember that race. Probably one of my favorites. Um, that season I finished third and I think that was really cool. Cause like going into outdoors, like everyone's like, Oh, he's not going to be as good. Not on the PC bike and still came through with a third mm -hmm. and was consistent as heck. And then the second year, Geico backed it up with a third and a second. That yeah. was just like yeah, awesome. Just amazing. You didn't win races, Maddie. It's freaking amazing. <laughs> it's just, I, I, know. Oh. I know. I mean, I still, I still the the Southwick one. I yeah. everyone remembers yeah. me as the Southwick guy, but, like that one, I still hold that. That actually, I hold that one closer to me than actually winning. In the winning one in okay. 2011 yeah. because it was like I did everything right. I actually led. I, yeah. If and I, I kind of just mentally to to overcome that hurdle of like suffering. Right. I right. just put, put, I took the finish line and said, if the finish line was five corners before where it is. Yeah. I would have crossed the line and won. So I had to do that mentally and yeah, like, yeah. visualize like crossing the line. And I'm like, okay, I can move on now. Oh, dude, yeah. Was, well, the <laughs> one you painful. did, the one you did win. I mean, it was the, it was the Dungy missing the start, right? That was the one, right? And so, yep. yeah, like yep. you yep. said, you still won full props and everything else. And I'm glad you got one win on the mantle for sure. But yeah. the, but that Geico was that was a, that was a tour de force ride, but. God, that was Chad broke. Shorty ran out of gas. You ran out of. It was just Honda. Yep. It was just oh smoke. Uh, I'm not Barsha. Uh, yeah, Wyndham. Wyndham was the guy I filled in at Honda that year. He ran out. Yeah, Shorty <laughs> ran out. Uh, it, it was yeah. I mean, unreal. Um, hey, so that Townley so Townley was ran out. That's it. So the uh, that got you a ride with with the Yosh guys at Makita. I guess are they Makita? I don't remember if they're Makita. Yeah, part, Makita Rockstar. Yeah. Um, did you have a, an option to go some different? places did you have a little bit of a bidding work for a 450 rod or, or did they offer not, the best no not really like there wasn't a lot um out there because a lot of guys were on there had two-year deals yeah. but still had a year left so it wasn't a lot yeah I, like i would have my first choice was to stay at geico but honda didn't didn't want that um they didn't want a 450 full-time 450 guy competing against their factory team and so, and then technically, Geico kind of said, "Like, look, that's yeah. we're a lights team. That's our job." Yeah. So that wasn't an option to stay there. And then Honda were interested, but they were just in the middle of everything. And they like, I still remember them saying, "Like, look, if you got something else, just take it because we're so far away from having our budget structured, our yeah. team structured." And so, yeah, the Suzuki deal was there, and obviously, 
you know, it was a solid team. Well, the cost of Dungey, everything that, and that flipped really quick. So, yeah, like um, that's what I wanted to talk to you about. Like, yeah, you, it was, it was uh, great. It was uh, an awesome team, like you said. And then you kind of, you kind of got into it, you know, after maybe after uh, it wasn't so ideal anymore. Like Dunge wasn't pumped to be there anymore, right? I mean, he wasn't happy. No, I mean he wasn't. He wasn't happy, but. I think when I first got there, he didn't know how things were going to be. So I mm-hmm. think he was open, you yeah. know, he yeah, was yeah. kind of open to everything, but it was clear. Like once we started racing, I mean, it was clear he wasn't happy Yeah, but, um, and understandably so, but uh, for sure, understandably, but it was still like, it was a good team. Mm-hmm. A lot of guys still stayed over. Yeah. Um, I mean, Mike Webb yeah. kind of told me like, I don't yep. know if I don't think you got along with Mike the greatest, or I don't know how that went. But Mike told me like he didn't try to reinvent the wheel. He's like, this is a good bike, a good program. We're running, we're running the same yeah. stuff out. You know what I mean? Which it, it you know, it, a lot of that stuff just carried over. Like that bike, yeah, only just changed this year. Like right, about, right. So. <laughs> it wasn't like everything was just dumped and we had to start again, or they had to start again. Yep. I think it was just. More so for Ryan, the dynamic had changed. The people that he was comfortable and around all the time had changed. So I think when, you know, and you don't need that necessarily, but to get through a championship and to contend for a win and in a championship, you need those pieces to fall back on at certain times. And so if you're just shooting out there for one race here and there, and mm-hmm. then those things aren't so critical. But when you're trying to, you know, go after the championship and be successful for the whole year, you need the people around you that understand you're comfortable with. Yeah. And I think that's what he missed. And for me, it was everybody was new. So it didn't matter who I yeah, started with. Yeah, I yeah. didn't know Roger. I didn't know the guys he took. I didn't even know him. So for me, it was just all new. And uh, I mean, it was awesome. The first year was, was yeah. cool. Even the second year was good. I just struggled. I mean, and to be honest with myself, I got on that bike and it was kind of when I first got it, I was like, man, I think you guys sent me the Supercross bike. Like, it's <laughs> stiff. It wasn't what I was used to. So I just struggled. And that first year, I just kind of like, oh, you know, yeah. you got your teammate here that's killing it. Yeah. So I'm just going to shut up and deal with it. And we had, <laughs> had good results. Yeah, you got fourth. And then fourth overall, yeah. first year outdoors. Yeah. yeah. One, one race. Yeah. And then, uh, and I had some good Supercross rides, but it wasn't the greatest. And then uh, second year, I just wanted to. I was like, okay, I, I, if I want to be better, I got to like voice and try and get this thing where I want it. Yeah. And that's where you know we fell into a hole because we just couldn't get there. Yeah. And that's where we struggled. I like like me and Mike got along great, but yep. you know I think I just what I wanted they couldn't give, and I kept trying to push and that's where you know yeah. conflict was created and then all of a sudden you don't like each other as much yeah well, suzuki but japan's like, dude, just like suzuki japan's yeah. putting their hands up just like that's all we got bro that's it that's yeah. all we have yeah <laughs> so yeah yeah so um, i mean and, and to be honest like i just said let, let me ride a stock bike let me take that thing and race and really so huh? yeah. once i once i went to that level it was like yep i yeah i shot myself in the foot pretty heavily but that's just like man i yeah. I'm not comfortable on this thing. Right. Um, but, uh, and first yeah. year you did shoulder in Supercross, I think, right? Did you shoulder again? What was it? First year in Supercross? No, that was 2012 when I went in. So I started that season injured. Yeah. Um, it was just an AC separation, and I had a slight tear in one of the rotators that I didn't. I like, I'm like, I'm not doing surgery, so it's just 
get it strong and do what we can. And since then, it hasn't actually bothered me too bad. Yeah. So, but I, yeah, I started uh, way under where I should be, and it, we did pick up momentum, started getting some good results, and uh-huh. then it was just never a consistent program, and that's where everything kind of fell into a hole because we tested so much that mm-hmm. we all just got frustrated and dug a hole for ourselves that we didn't get out of. Dude, I've been there as a mechanic. So, like when Red Dog yeah. was struggling, Red Dog was, and I'm not, I'm not saying this was your thing, but Red Dog was struggling with his wrist, and yep. and he wasn't happy with the bike, and we're testing, and, I mean, we're trying. We're going 20s to 25s for clamps, and we're trying bar bends, and, he wasn't right. He wasn't in a good spot, and everyone was frustrated. Everyone was. We were all like, come on, Timmy. And he was probably like, give me the bike I need, and we're just, ah, everyone was mad, you know? So <laughs> yeah. just one of those things. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? And that's how it is. I mean, it's just like – and that's that um, self-pressure, you know, pressure, like talked about before, like uh, you know, when I was at PC, but yeah. it's like yep. – uh, you know, they were happy with like force and fists and stuff, but I wasn't. I was yeah. like, man, you know, not to say that they didn't want to win, yeah. but like that was like, okay, maybe, maybe you're not RV and Dungey and, and, and Chad and, and James, whatever. Yeah. So we're not expecting you to beat them, but I was like, I want to close the gap and sure. beat them. Yeah. So yeah. then you start like, okay, let's do like the 22, 25 offset. Let's see if I can find yeah. something else. <laughs> and like sometimes you just, you know, I kind of just it yeah. it falls in a hole, and that's where you need that good stable. Like maybe Roger would have said no. Yeah. You know, yeah, maybe yeah. Mitch would have said yep. no. Yep. Yep. And yep. they were doing all they could to com- accommodate me, and we, you know, it was just going around in circles. And so I kind of like, you know, would definitely do things different there. Um, but sometimes that's what it takes. I mean, you just got to search and search, and you need the people around you that understand you. Yeah. And. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a tough game, man. This sport no, tough. It is mentally and, and physically. It's it's, it's everything's got to be so in line. And you look at a guy like Dunge, who just you know year in a year out never really got hurt, just performed right. all the time. You know, and and it's a consistent program that helps. Yeah. You know, I was, like he had the fitness and the speed, and he continually worked in his game the whole time, which is why he was so good. Yeah. But like you look at his program from start to finish, he had Roger and Ian, and and his whole that whole you know click there like. Mm-hmm. through his whole career and like he changed brands twice you know Suzuki yeah, yeah. and then KTM and like that's when you look at the game now who's out there you can see KTM around the globe yep all those guys Caroli Marvin yep. um Hurling oh, they've all yeah. been with that company for for a long time they got the mechanics everybody knows them they know exactly what to do with the bikes they all share information yeah, yeah. and you understand now why it's like becoming a dominant company yeah no so, absolutely so the second year Suzuki you run out of gas and then some practicing at Glen Helen and you just weed yourself, right? I mean, that was kind of, yeah. a, I mean, it was a frustrating deal for you, for the team. As a former mechanic, I can I can feel for those guys, that, you know, that they either they didn't put enough gas in or they had the wrong size tank in or whatever, and and, and shit happens. And that, and that's that was a good one, wasn't it? That was a big one. I mean, those injuries still hurt today. <laughs> um, literally, like I hurt every day. But oh, jeez. Um, yeah, that was just, that was at a bad time. Like, okay, I was like, not going to say prima donna, but like I wanted the bike a certain way. We couldn't get it. Yeah. And it was at that period, two weeks before we had a break in the series. It was a weekend or two off or uh-huh. something. I'm like, all right, that's it. Yeah. Guys, okay, I'm done testing. I'm not going to push anymore. Yeah. 
I'll get on this thing. I'm going to buckle down. Let's see what we can do. I was like, I'll change my mindset. Okay, this is what I'm doing now. Yeah, yeah. And just was grinding and grinding, and then, bang, that happened. <laughs> oh. I was like, you're kidding me. But, you know, I know what happened. It was never officially, like, discussed. But, yeah. like, it is what it is. You know, I ran yeah. out of gas. Yeah. Um, broken uh, tib and dislocated wrist. The tib was straightforward, but the wrists, the wrists aren't straightforward, that, and that yeah. still troubles me a little bit. But, oh, jeez. Um, yeah, so that's that was the end of that, and then uh, after there, that's that kind of that era. Sorry, my kids just decided to come and attack me. Oh, that's all right. We're wrapping, um, we're, we're wrapping it up anyways for you. We're soon, wrapping so. up. So um, yeah, that's what we talked about before, how I kind of shifted gears. Like, okay, yep. you know, as I mentioned, I had our first child, Nash, and so we switched. I kind of decided, all right, Canada's an awesome option. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, since then, I've done that a few years and then stepped yeah. back in down here to fill in for RV and yeah. handled the job pretty damn well, I uh, think. Yeah, I'd say you know, so. Yeah. I mean, you had you had all of us going, why doesn't he race here? Why doesn't he race here? <laughs> like, what's he doing? Why is he doing? You know, but you talked about at the beginning on why and the what and everything yeah. else. But um, yeah. Canadian Nationals, me being Canadian, I got to ask you about that. So you won a national yeah. title one time. I think you had some yep. DNFs that held you back uh, mechanical-wise from another one. Um yeah. You, you every time I went up there or, or people I talked to, you really enjoyed it. You had a good time. It wasn't wasn't one of those things where yeah. you're like, ah, shit, I don't want to be here. This is a second rate series. Blah blah blah. Like everyone said, you approached it, you know, with an awesome attitude. Yeah, I did, and I had no, I didn't have to force myself to have a good attitude. I just, it was there. Yeah. So yeah. it was it was really good fit for me. It was a perfect time. Like you know that Suzuki, the final year there, wasn't fun and. Yeah, uh, it was like a yep. struggle. So that was a perfect change, and the people were accepting and happy that they had, you know, an, you know, American rider. Yeah, you call it. America based. Yeah, up whatever. There, yeah. America based rider up there doing, you know, coming up to the series. So it was cool. It was a good fit. We you know, won the first year, so kind of set the tone. And um, since then, I've gone up two two further seasons after that, and mm-hmm. you know, the second time I had some bike in, uh, bike issues, you know, two motos DNF, but. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I, you know, the country's awesome. Country's yeah. great. Um, the series ran well. Well, you know they they do their best, and uh, yeah, man, I have nothing but good things to say. Yeah, I mean, Millsaps had a good time up there. You know, other yeah. guys have done that. Yeah, I think I think it's an, a viable alternative. You know, so yeah, um, I don't think it's the answer for younger. Mm-hmm. Well, for for the young lights riders and stuff like that, that's great. But it's more of like a little bit after you've done like 10 seasons doing the nationals in the summer yeah. down here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, maybe I'll come up there. Like, <laughs> then it's like great, you know. But um, on, And to speak on that, 10 rounds up in Canada with one weekend off in between. So it's four on, one yeah, off, five. six on. Yeah, six. Yeah. Six on, yeah. yeah. And, dude, it was at the end of that series – I was like more work than doing the AMA national. It was like gnarly. Yeah, but um, at least it's done in like two and a half months. You're yeah. done. I always tell people the same stuff, like, in Canada. Like, you'd be hanging out with Canari and Gurky, and, you know, like, you guys yeah. just would hang out. Like, it's in America, forget <laughs> it. You know man. what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Everyone else is just like, yeah. hey, how's the track? How you doing? Or whatever, you know? Yeah, so. it's, you know, I mean, Bobby K, like, he's been a good friend, dude, since 
of four or something like that. Like yeah. he's awesome. Guy. Yeah, absolutely. He'd come over to the truck. Like, you know, I remember the first year up there, I'm like, Whoa, Bobby's in here. Like, he's yeah. like, team man, you gotta get pissed all, man. Like I was stressing, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? And then I'm like, every week here comes Bobby. Yeah. You know, What's going on? What do you think of the track? Yeah, this yeah. sucks. Right. Right. Yeah. Can you imagine like, like oh, Chad walking, cool, in, Chad's walking into, uh, into Kawasaki. Hey RV, what's up? How's, how's everything going? Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, this is a different world. Well, Hey, uh, Maddie, thank you for doing the Fly Racing Racer X podcast. I think people are going to love hearing the story and what you're doing now and everything else. And what a fantastic career. Like, seriously, one 450 motocross win, but uh, 800 podiums tells me that you were <laughs> that you were a pretty damn good rider for, for many, many years. So, uh, uh, I appreciate it. Know. Thanks for calling. And thanks to Fly. I heard your, uh, your rap on them at the start. They're definitely making the best gear. Right yeah. So. No, they're great. Yeah. Big parts of all those shows that we do. And we have so many Aussie listeners, too, man. It's crazy. So... Uh, cool. People really like it. Thanks, Brett, and uh, we will see you down the road, man. Uh, thanks for doing yep. this. I'll be at A1. Perfect. Thanks, man. See you, man. Bye.